Amen. I could have sit back here and just let Tim preach today. Amen. That was that was good. Enjoy that when isn't it great when you stand and talk about Jesus, Amen. When he gets in, just control your life and your heart, just how much you can talk about him and, and what he's done. And it was a great revival at Mountain Pine and and I pray that God continues to work through our church, Amen. That revival wasn't just the end of it. I don't you think the revival was an end. It was just a starting point. Amen. Let's all stand. I've got a new two or three sermons I'm going to preach the next few weeks. I think it's going to be great for our church. Uh, I think it's going to be great for our church and uh, each one of our walk. Look in John chapter 14. She'll put that on the screen here. I've heard this verse many, many times. Jesus here is at the getting ready at the end of his life and he's got his disciples and he's and, and we all heard John 14 1 about he said, In my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he goes on to talk about how he prepared a place for us. But as he goes on down, after he talks to the disciples about he's going to be leaving. I love verse 14, and so many times we just overlook this verse. But this should be an everyday life verse for us. Look what Jesus says. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in Me, the works that I do, He will do also. And greater works, remember that, and what? Greater works than these He will do because I go to the Father. Now look at NIV version. I love the NIV versions here. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in Me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Father, I thank You for today. Lord, just bless this Word. Lord, let it get into our hearts and stir our hearts and just plant seeds this morning. But Lord, we should all have a desire to see You do greater things in our lives. To see You work greater. So many times we get caught up in the Routine of life. But Lord, You want us right where we're at, no matter what our job is, no matter where we're at, whether we're stay-home mom, where we own a business, where we work in a factory, where we, whatever it is. Lord, You want to be greater through us. And I pray today, Lord, that You would open our eyes to that. And we'll give You the praise here in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I love this because a lot of times when we read this verse, we think, well, Jesus is calling us to do greater things than Him. To be greater. Listen, no one's going to be greater than Jesus. Amen? He is the Son of God, but He is challenging us and calling us to do greater things because the Holy Spirit is now inside of every believer. So He's not saying that you're going to be better than me. But He says that I'm going to do greater things through you because of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do greater things through you. With my help, you're going to do great things. And so many times we think, because I, listen, I grew up in Baptist church all my life. They say, well, we got the Word of God and it's like this. And, and listen, I don't believe God's power is done away with till He comes back and gets His church. Amen? Amen? A lot of times we think, because, well, I know I went to seminary with her. Well, we got the Word of God. And they put that down that like, well, we got the Word of God, but Jesus is barely out of the grave and the resurrection don't mean... Yeah, we have the Word of God. That's to guide us and show us, but there's also power in His Word. Amen? Amen. Go back to that verse, uh, Michelle. 
I love what he said there in that verse. He says, greater things I will do in you. And you say, well, that's just for the disciples. That's for the twelve in the upper room with him, Brother George. No, that's for every believer that is called upon the name of Jesus. Amen. He wants to do greater works. Why would he do greater works in the apostles in the early church day? And all of a sudden we get in 2014, and somewhere between the early church when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and over 3,000 souls got saved. What happened? Somewhere, someone believes a lot. That somewhere now in 2014 that Jesus Christ lost His power. Somewhere. His power is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? But we want to see the fact that that's all in the Bible, Brother George. We can't experience greater things. That was for some great people in the Bible. That was a time set apart just for them. And woe is me, i got to just struggle. i got to just go to work every day and be in a bad mood. I can't worship you with my arms raised or a smile on my face. That was then. This is now. It's not what His Word says. Most assuredly. You know what that means? Verily, verily in your King James Version. But in the, really what you, He can say is for real, for real. For real, for real I say to you. He who believes or has faith in Me that has called upon Me as their Savior. He says, then in Me... Do what I, you will do what I've been doing, even will do greater things than these. How can we do greater things than the apostles? Amen. He says, You'll do greater things than the apostles. You'll do greater things than, than what you say, greater than Jesus. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere. Jesus could only be one place at a time. He could only be on the shores of Galilee today preaching and seeing people being healed and touching them. All the way across the side, Jesus couldn't be at two places at once at that time in His physical body. Now we know God is that He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's all-present. We know that. But this time, the Holy Spirit hadn't, been, hadn't come down yet. So that's what He's saying. When I leave, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter is coming. The Holy Spirit can work worldwide. He's not only working in our church today, He's working in every church that is preaching Jesus today. Amen? I know a lot of people, well, He only does it in the Baptist church. No! Amen? Isn't it amazing how when we grow up, we really see God opens our eyes? A lot of times when I was growing up, I had it planted in my mind, arch that, but it's not just Baptists. I, I've been around all of them. Baptists is the only ones. Then I get around the assemblies and we're the only ones going to heaven. Then I get around the Pentecostals. We got the truth, brother. We're only going there. We got the apostolic power today. You got anybody's got the power that's called upon the name of Jesus. That's what he's saying in this verse. If you have faith in me, you can do great, greater things. I'm gonna do greater works through you, not because of who you're affiliated with, because you are a blood bought, blood covered child of God. That's why. Now listen, guys, we should want God to do greater things in our lives. If you don't sit back here this morning, you don't want God to do greater things, something's wrong with you. You're caught up in the life of the routine. Your life is just... spirit. How many of y'all have ever experienced spiritual monotony? Amen? i got about 20 in here that's ready to preach. Amen? Amen? 
How many of y'all ever felt like your life feels like it's a spiritual monotonous, just routine, 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 and you don't ever hear God, maybe for a day, two days, a week, three, four, five days a week, two weeks? We're getting a few more. i got to get you with me, because listen, if you don't... If we don't see that God wants to do greater things, this message is not going to be, it's not going to do nothing for you. If a lot of us are happy in our routine of life, a lot of us are happy doing the same old, and there's nothing wrong with doing the same old, same old, okay? Here's the key. God don't want us to do the same old, same old. A lot of us work on the same job for 40 years. Amen? 20 years, same job. There's nothing wrong with that. But God wants us to experience Him even though we do the same job. Brother George, you don't know. I've been doing, I've been doing plumbing for 40 years. That's great. That's what you felt your calling was. You, you raised your family. You paid the bills. You raised your kids. You put them in college. You might have your own. We got some in here that's got car business. Look at Dwayne. We got some that are carpenters. We got some that works at the hospital. We got some that work at colleges. We got some that's still going to school. God is saying, don't let the routine of life be all there is. There is more greater works I want to do in you. Every day you get up and I know someone's go, oh, I gotta go back to the same old job. How many's ever felt that? Oh, it's Monday. I know it is because I see y'all put it on Facebook. I see it. Most of y'all put it's Monday. I can tell it's Monday. Everything fell apart. Amen. I see. I see people whine every Monday. You want to see some whiners? Go to Facebook on Monday. Amen. How bad they've got it. God doesn't mind us doing the routine. He wants us to experience Him in the middle of the routine. That's why I entitled this Life. Beyond the plow. You're going to get this here in a minute. There is more to life than just making a living. Amen? I know some of us in here think if they don't have money, they're going to... Listen, if you don't have God, you're not going to have nothing. Amen? Once you get your priorities right, then you start really seeing God. He wants to do greater works. He wants to do great... Listen, I got this message and started this by... Y'all won't believe this, but actually preaching last Saturday night at Revival. What, I, know, I know it doesn't seem like my mind can work like this, but it's bigger than you think. Amen? <laughs> While I was preaching Saturday night, going up and down that gym preaching, even though I'm preaching a message to them, this is amazing how good God is. Amen. He can work with a dumb country boy and still keep up with it. I was preaching two sermons at once almost. While I was preaching Saturday night, God revealed one of the... This is one of the verses He revealed to me. It's greater. Greater works. Greater this. Greater... I want to be bigger. I want to do more. And I'm preaching to them and He's like, I'm going, God, can you at least let me get done? <laughs> Amen? Amen? I mean, I want to write some of this stuff down when I get home. And, and I made a comment and this is what my spirit really... really God touched my spirit last Saturday night when I said to the churches and to the Christians, we don't have time to wait ten years to be a church. The devil's having a day. Well, well, Brother George, I will be a better Christian and see greater works when I get my things worked out and I, and, and I get this job when I retire. When I retire, I'll be the best Christian you've ever seen. When my kids get grown. 
When I start paying off some more bills and I get more stay, listen, if you're waiting for all you'll never see the greater things in your life through Jesus Christ. He wants to do it right now. Right where you're at, right what you're dealing with right now, you may be so far from Jesus, He still wants to look at you and do greater things. Quit waiting till things get better. But see, when we get in spiritual monotony of life, the things that used to bring us joy in our walk with Jesus, the things we were used to excite us about Jesus, now are just old hat and routine. Amen? And if we're not careful, we come to church on Sundays at 11 o'clock and we're so excited. But then as time goes on, it becomes a routine. And what used to excite us, used to excite me is when we get up and pray. Man, early in the morning, leave to go to work. Now it's just routine. I used to do devotionals with my kids or, or go, to that, go to that men's group or that women's group or, or just me and my wife pray. It's so great. But now it's just routine. If we're not careful, what used to really draw us closer to Jesus, the devil will turn that around and use it to pull you further away from Jesus. It's called a routine. Just because you think you're in the church house, you're going to get revived. Just because you think you walk and Brother George preaches, he's got a word for us. Yes, I'm going to have a word every Sunday for somebody in here. But you've got to quit relying on the spirit, the routine of life, things that used to say, I get to go to church. Now some of us are walking in church going, oh, i got to go, man. I'll let you go. i got to go to church. I'll see you after services. Amen? If it's got to and not get to, you're in a spiritual treadmill this morning. Because listen, for any child of God, it's not got to. You get to. Amen. Get to. You need a, here's, here's a sign for our church. I, I told Christy, I had to ask them to pray to make sure I'm doing this right. I want to make sure that this wasn't out there nowhere because I'm driving down the road the other day and I had my hand on the wheel and I was thinking, uh, uh, God wants to do greater works in us. Is that not what that verse said? Everybody with me? Yes, amen. He wants to do greater works in us. We're going to use this next two or three weeks. I was driving down the road and I'm sitting there, I had my hand, you know, and I'm thinking, is that less than or greater than? I was going, well, to me, that's greater, but to them, it's probably less than. I didn't know. So I asked them this morning, this is greater sign. Amen. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Greater than, less than, you know. It's cool. Boy, devil, wake us up. This I can feel a spiritual lull and I knew it would. Listen, y'all wait a minute. God does not want the church to experience greater things. I knew when I got up to preach, I can see some of them up there going, what's your dirt? Do you want greater things? Well, it'd be great if he gets out by twelve today. <laughs> Listen, we're going to, have to change our approach if we want greater things. Quit being nonchalant like God's going to give it to you just because you're saved. Yes. Amen. 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 That's a bad thing about Baptists, Levi. They think just because they get saved and go to an altar, pray. Yes, they're going. And yes, God gets His eternal life. It's like, I'm going to heaven, so 
deal. That's why most Christians are in bondage today. Satan's got you right where he wants you. He wants you to keep thinking, yeah, you got heaven, but you got 50 years to raise your family. You got a marriage to live. That's why you're fighting with your wife. That's why your kids don't mind. That's why you're having trouble on the job. That's why you're having money problems. Financial problems. It's because God is not doing greater things. But I'm a Christian, amen. I'm in bondage. Amen. Chains are all around you. You walk and you rattle. Somebody comes up to you on the job and asks you, Are you saved? Yeah, yeah, you know, I did that kind of thing about 30 years ago. That's what greater things means to most Christians. Yes, I did that thing years ago. To Jesus, it was more than just a thing. He gave us His life that we're going to celebrate next Sunday on Easter so that you didn't have to feel like you're in bondage every day, waking up like you're living life behind a plow. Amen? Most of us in here live like we're going to work every day behind a plow. Head down. Let's go to that verse. I got, that's so good, we're just going to go right into it. Go to that in 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Kings, where am I at? 19, I love this Old Testament story. Because this is where most of our lives are at. We're like Elisha, we're behind the plow with a bunch of cows, and all we see is their rears. Everybody says, oh my goodness, what did he just say? Have you ever seen one? Nothing unchristian what I said. A lot of y'all say a whole lot worse stuff out away from here. Don't even think about it. <laughs> Reared. That's all he's seen was the back end of a cow. Imagine this. This man's a plowboy. Elisha. His life's not going nowhere. All he's doing is waking up on Monday, going down to the field, hooking up all the 12 sets of oxen, and going to that plow... And when he looks up, all the dust and the flies. How many of y'all ever plowed behind animals before? They leave a little stuff for you, amen? <laughs> this is life, guys. I mean, there's flies everywhere, blowing everywhere. And that old cow was switching. We used to have a cow when I was growing up. My grandma used to go down there with her and watch her milk. And she showed us how to milk. And I, while she was down there, boy, she was just milking that old cow. And I'd be up there and I'd be rubbing my hand down her back and I'd be loft looking. One day I looked over here and I was just like, there's something in that cow's hair and I was pulling on I was looking over here just trying to pull, I think it's a cocklebur. And I was pulling it. That cow must have had a 16 foot tail. She came back around like this and lapped me at that tail and wrapped around my neck and just jerked me down almost. It's no fun getting slapped by a cow. And on that tail, <laughs> they're usually not clean. I smell like cow for two days around my neck. This is what Elisha was dealing with every day. He, he wasn't looking for greater things. He was just looking just to make a living. And, and, and be honest with yourself today, guys. Most of us in here are just looking to get by and make a living. You say, well, Brother George, I plow every day. And listen, that doesn't. God wants us to be hard workers. Amen? God wants us to feed our families. God wants you to get up. And, and, and listen, what I'm talking about, about God wants to change us to do greater things, I'm not talking about you're going to switch a job that, you lived, that you've been working for 40 years. 
When I usually preach on He wants to do more and bigger and better, first thing everybody thinks, as soon as I preach it, that's why a lot of the heads went down when I started preaching. Because the devil's already got you covered up and snookered. That's a new word. <laughs> He's got you believing that you'll be no better than you are right now. That you'll never experience... And if He can keep this church there, if He can keep us there, then He's got us. That's preach revival at Mountain Pine because most of the churches today believe that. God's not doing greater things. Who told them that? Satan working through our minds and we talked ourselves out of a blessing. Amen? Amen. God is still doing greater things. And so it says that He departed. Listen, Elijah, even though he's plowing every day, God's working through prophet Elijah. He says, I want, here's what I want you to do, Elijah. This is after the prophets of Baal had the big, I mean, the big showdown on the mountain with the Baal and he, he won. God showed up and just burnt the sacrifices. When he gets done, he says, listen, I want you to go anoint three guys. I want you to anoint Hazel. I want you to anoint him. I want you to anoint Judah, king over Israel. But there's one called Elisha. I want you to anoint him to take your place. Whoa, to be a prophet. And, and Elijah's going, uh, do I have this right? You want me to anoint these two great warriors and guys for kings, but you want me to anoint a plowboy to take my place? God, I'm the one that just prophesied on the top of Mount Carmel, and you come down and, and burn all the idol worshipers. I'm the one, not yet, but fixing to be carried up in a chariot fire. Amen? I'm the one that went to the brook of Cherith, not having a thing to my name, and you sent ravens to me. I'm the one that went to Jezebel, King Ahab, and said, it will not rain for three years. My God has spoken. And you're wanting me to go to a guy that lives out on his farm, that does nothing, just plow behind cows all day long? He said, go to him and anoint him. And here's what he did. As he was coming upon this guy plowing, he didn't say a word. He just took his mantle. Who's cold in here today? Anybody, anybody wear a jacket? I don't know I've preached on this before. This is a, but man, it's amazing how God's Word's got a whole new meaning. Come here, Randy. You're going to be my plowboy. Now you just, here's what you're going to do. You ever plowed behind live animals? No. you got to act it out, okay? All right. Here's what you're going to do. There's the row that way. You, you, you got the strap on. You ever watched them plow? Alright, here's what I want you to do. I want to act like you're just you're behind the plow. You don't know God's working behind the scene. All you know is Randy wakes up and says, It's another Monday. It's gonna be a great Monday. Things are falling apart. The cow stepped in the milk before I got down here. You know, my kids, they missed the chariot on the way to school. Had to drive them the rest of the way. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to go back and the first thing he sees is 12 cows and the behind of 12 cows. That's all. It's same old, same old. Take off. God, though, behind the scenes is working. Here he goes. Make him things go a little bit. All of a sudden, Elijah comes by and here's what he does. And he keeps on going. That's all he does. This is what I love about Elisha. He wasn't... Uh, he didn't have pills back in them days. 
would think that if God's going to call someone to take the place of Elijah, the great prophet of God, that at least Elisha would be on his knees somewhere in a church praying at the altar when the Holy Spirit came in and picked him up. You would think he'd be in a men's meeting somewhere. You'd think he'd be at a revival service, God would call him. He'd be the, maybe the pastor of some big church in Jerusalem. No! He's in the field plowing. And God said, that's going to be the new man of God right there that's going to carry on when you step down. When I call you to heaven, Elijah, this is the man. This man went on to not only do great things, he did two times better than Elisha. God put a double portion of His Spirit upon this man. Now, you can sit down now. I'll, I'll use you in a minute. Take your tins, take your cows and go that way. <laughs> Look what He said. He says, So he departed from there, talking about Elijah, and he found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. Then Elijah passed by him and just threw his mantle on him. Kept on walking. And he left the oxen though, and he ran after Elijah. Didn't say a word. You know what the mantle means? It means covering. It means the Spirit and the presence of God was on it. It's passing it from one generation to the next. Do you know that we can pass the Holy Spirit and its power and its influence to the next generation? This is why the churches are dying in America today. That's why we got 20 barely paying the light bill is they're not passing nothing on. Amen? We can't be a church that just walks in here because it's Sunday and just put a little in the plate and walk out and never show our kids what the power of God means. Never show our kids what it means to pray. Even lay hands and pray. Even anoint with all and pray. And that's something we're going to start doing more in this church. James says he commands it, bring the sick up, anoint with all, and pray over them. When people are going to the hospital, they're sick, or they're going to something, we need to anoint people and pray over them. Amen. We're already doing it, we're going to do it more. Well, I don't know about all that. Listen, the Holy Spirit's not in my, listen, the power's not in my finger. You can go home and fill your bathtub with all of all and jump in and bubble. It's not going to make you no more sanctified. Amen? But what the oil does is put us in position of saying, God, we are asking. You told us to ask not because we have not. We are anointing them, putting them in position for you to bless them. We're getting out of our casual, spiritual monotonous. We're getting behind the plow of everyday church. Amen. We are calling upon you to move and work. Amen? Amen. And I truly believe that I grew up missionary Baptist all my life. There was years, Mary, I never seen a person walk down the aisle. And that's a shame in the house of God. Man, if people don't make a move now when I'm preaching and we're doing ministry, if we go five weeks straight and nobody comes down the aisle, we're going, ooh, I need some oil on me or something. Lord, I got... Maybe, I, maybe Lord, I, I, I'm just a... You know, getting behind the plow works with preachers too. A lot of preachers, all they do is preach on Sunday and worry about studying and getting the Word and they get right behind that plow. 
They plow for ministry. They plow for numbers. We gotta grow. We gotta grow. We gotta beat the church door. They got 350. We gotta run 400. We can't let. Cows! And they and right behind the plow and get so focused on numbers and this. Let me say this. If we'll have faith. If we'll just have faith and trust God's going to work all things out for His good, if some of us will quit worrying about the nitpicking stuff in church, you might see Jesus do greater things in your life. Amen. Some of us are so worried about what other people are doing in this church that God cannot anoint us and bless us. Because we're worried about everybody else. Amen? God's already come through and promised you an anointing. I mean, He has come and just throwed it over you. Oh, wait a minute, God. i got to see what they're doing back here, you know. Amen? God's coming and anointing. Oh, our tithes wasn't big enough today. Without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing. Without the presence of God and the covering of that mantle on our church, God's not going to do greater things. This is the problem with churches in America is they're trying to do everything. For some churches, it's been a long time since they've used faith. As long as they got the numbers and got the givers and got some human talent, they blame it on and say, man, look what God's done to us. You know, humans can do a lot with talent. Human talent can go a long ways in a church, but it'll never take you to the greater things. And see, we got to make sure that we're not using just human talents and then looking at blaming it on God doing great things. God wants to go past human talent. There's going to be times, guys, in your walk that you can't see what is going to happen in three weeks, a month, six years. Amen? A lot of us are saying, I'm not following Jesus because this plow feels good. Oh, it may be routine and, and, and I may not be seeing Jesus, but some of us trust our plows more than we do Jesus. Amen. 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 How many of y'all agree with me? Yeah. If nobody else gets this message but me, it was preached for me. But I just feel right now the devil working in this church, he wants somebody to go right back to their past life. He wants you to get a little Jesus on Sunday, but He wants you to go right back out and live like the devil during the week. That's not great things. That's going right back. That's, that's leaving the plow on Saturday night and going on Sunday morning worshiping and getting right back to the plow on Monday. And doing the same old, same old that you've always done. Now listen, when I say greater things, I'm not saying that God's calling you to preach. He may be. He may be calling you to step up and teach in this church. He may be stepping, calling you. You say, Brother George, I know if I, do, if I pray God do greater things, I'll end up in Ethiopia, <laughs> Africa, the jungle of the Amazon. See how we think. When I say greater things, God wants to change in your life. And I don't even mean He wants to change your job. He wants you to be better at the job that you've had for 30 years and do greater things and step up. Step up where you're at right now and just be who you are and do, allow God to do greater things right where you're at. 
Oh, Linda's up there at the nurse's office. Five, 23.9 hours a week, a day. Amen. Every time I go by, her car is there. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Linda can give God to everybody that comes in there. Everybody that works, you say, Brother George, I'm a logger. God can be greater than the log goods with you. How many works behind a desk every day? God wants you to step up and do greater things and show. Listen, you say, well, how's He going to do? He wants you to get out behind the plow of everyday life and act like Jesus is doing greater things in your life. Show them that He's alive and real. Step up, dads. Get out behind the plow of working 50 hours a week and not doing a thing with your kids. Oh, it got quiet in here. But see, if it's not preached, nobody can respond. Mom, step up and get out behind the plow and be mom. Because I'm on, I got news for you. My son's already 18. It don't seem like three years ago he was three. Time goes by in such a hurry. But see, here's what we do. Well, I got time. They'll grow up a little more. I'm really going to teach. You need to teach, start right now stepping up and I'll say, God, do greater things in me right now. It doesn't mean changing going to Africa. It means helping my home. Helping my family. That co-worker I got on the job that's lost as a goose. Help her to show me somehow that Jesus is real and changed me. But if you're behind that plow and it's spirit monotony, most, most Christians on their job, most people don't know they even go to church. They're not excited. Because we all think it's Sunday. It's the only time God shows up. Then we get back behind the plow. God may not be calling you to change or to something new. God may be wanting you to step up where you are and be great where you are. Because here's what most of us do. We're going to leave here today. Monday morning, you're going to hook up to that plow. You're going to swap flies and smell cow manure all week. <laughs> and before the week's over, somebody's going to step in it. I'm preaching real life, guys. For y'all holy ones that it never happened, you need to go on out and put your tithing in and wait on us after church because we need some help. Amen? Real life stuff. We face all kinds of junk during the week. But we don't want to preach about it. Just the holy things. How about the things that draw us away from Christ? Because Monday we wake up and all we're going to see is oxen. We're going to go home, eat supper, go to bed, wake up. You're going to go to your office, look out your window, and all you see is oxen. Wednesday, you're going to come to church, you're going to work in the gospel group, come to a class, and the whole time you're here, all you do is see oxen. Thursday, you go home, you wake up Thursday morning, you're on the bypass, look over and there's 12 set oxen right there on the bypass. Hooked up and ready for you, you ain't even got the job yet, and they're wanting you to get in the routine. Can't even speak God in your car on a bypass because all you see is oxen. Get up in the morning, Tim, and give God the first prayer because as soon as my feet hit bed, all I hear is, <laughs> They're mooing before I get out of bed. Amen? 
I don't know about y'all, but I hear a lot of mooing sometimes. I get to lunch and I'm really excited about lunch and God really spoke to me Sunday and it's Thursday and I'm still fired up about that word and I hear, it's over, get back behind the plow. The devil's not going to let you think about the great things long till he wants to keep you hooked up to a bunch of the oxen in your life. Keep you moving forward and busy. Forward and busy. Ha! 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 And he doesn't want you to see your higher calling that he's laid on everybody in here. Everybody. Do y'all hear me? Everybody has a higher calling. And most of that higher calling is stepping up right where you're at and praying for God to do greater things and allow Him to make adjustments. I'm closing, but I have preachers call me all the time. People, and I'm glad they do. A lot of times I tell them just like it is. We need to quit being footsies with the church and have church. Amen? Amen? We don't have time for all the tradition stuff and all the family stuff. And this, if God's word don't say it, then put, go. Let's worship. If God's word tells us to do it, let's do it. But we got more churches arguing over traditional stuff. Well, I, I tell you what, I stand for a month, brother George. They put blue carpet in the sanctuary, and that's not what I vote on. Some of y'all will gripe when you get to heaven complaining it's too bright. Some of you is going to go to Jesus. You got any shades? But here's what I tell a man called me just a few weeks ago. I said, listen, do not let the church mold you into what the church wants you to be. You be who you are in Jesus Christ. I know that sounds bad. That could extend your time or it could cut your time. But if you're not who you are in Christ, you cannot lead that church. If you always want to be what the church tells you you ought to be, if preachers are doing that, hey, I'm preaching on the internet. Hey, internet preachers. If you're doing all the time what the church is telling you to do and not doing what the Holy Spirit is doing, all the church is doing is putting you behind the plow and say, plow, boy, plow. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of plowing the same row. Over and over and over and over. I want God to do something new in my heart. This is a passion. This is what God's put in my heart to see the church. Let Him be new and fresh. Man, old things are passed away. Jesus says, I want to do some new. New. And listen, guys, I hate new stuff. If Melvin, how do y'all get get certain things a certain way? Melvin is the world's worst. Here it comes. It's a good thing. Put your wings up. I'll come home and she'll say, you know, we've been sitting in this furniture this way for six months. Let's let's rotate it. Let's put the chair over here from this view and put the couch over here. And I like to put the and I'm thinking, I like my couch where it's at. 
Yeah, but we need it over here. I like it. I'm, and you know why I don't like to move it? It's because I come to trust routine more than Jesus. Some of us are buying the plows every day because you can trust your plow more than you can Jesus. It don't take a lot of faith to trust a plow. Because it's going to do the same old, same old. Every day down that same road. Same smell. Same flies. But Jesus wants to come by you today and throw that mantle over you. And let you know He's got greater things for you. Listen, you're not following me. Amen? Elijah was following Jesus. That's who we all are following. Uh, Elisha was following. But here's the deal. He followed Elijah, but who was Elijah following? Jesus. And see, this is where the church has got to be. And I, and I preach this at Revival. Churches has got to let their pastors lead. Amen. Got to. Now, if they're not doing it the right way and they're, 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 they're trying to be a dictator do things, you need to shut them down real quick. Most churches get angry at their pastors because he challenges them. I had a guy tell me, well, you know what? I had somebody tell me last week by their revival. This was so funny. I was on the way out. Brother George, that was a great word. We love you, but man, you stepped on our toes. <laughs> and I thought a minute, you know what? God stepped on mine before I ever got Mine's already been stepped on. But see, sometimes we'll use that. Well, you stepped on my toes, and what it does, it puts us right behind the plow. All we're doing is get behind the plow. We're not opening up. Oh, we say it, but we're really not opening our hearts up and letting Jesus do it. You ever said one thing and did another? We may say one thing on the outside, but we're doing totally different on the inside. Until we get the outside and the inside lined up, then we're going to experience Jesus. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, Lord, I don't know who this word was for this morning. But Lord, right now, You're walking up and down each one of these rows. And You're looking... Listen, Lord, You're looking at each one of us. There's some of us in here so sick and tired of the routine. That's all we know is the routine. We know the routine a whole lot more than God. Lord, take us out behind the plow. There's more to life than behind the plow. There's a whole life waiting out there. Not just life, abundant life being covered by Your blood, being a child of God, being a mom and dad, being a, a, a worker, owner of our business, being a church leader. There's abundant life there. But let us not walk out of here today, Lord. Because here's what's going to happen. I know, I see it. As soon as this Word is preached, and we're even going to hit the altar, and they're going to fill up. But some of us are going to get in our car, shut that door, pull out on 70, and get right behind that plow again. Then we're going to live every day. And all we're going to do is smell cows. See cows. Hear cows. Till next Sunday rolls around. And it's Easter next Sunday. It's a special day. And it is. But every day, every Sunday should be resurrection day for a child of God. Lord, do greater things. You promised in Your Word. You didn't promise it for Your disciples. You didn't promise it for some big prophet. You promised it for the people that are experiencing the ordinary life.
that are getting up every day working hard to pay their bills. Lord, You want to do greater works in them. But Lord, we're going to surrender to You today. Lord, come pull us behind our plows today and lead us by Your Spirit to these altars. We're going to surrender some stuff. We got to burn some cows and we got to burn some plows. And here's the deal: sometimes we got to tell this world goodbye. Lord, way this morning, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Here's the deal, guys: on surrender, a lot of people says I can't surrender all of that. See, Elisha went back and burned his plows and his cows. Why did he do that? He didn't want to go back and use this for an excuse to pull him out of God's will and go back doing the same old thing. If he said, if I'm committing to Jesus, I'm burning them cows and I'm burning them plows, I don't want no farming equipment to go back to. And there's a, there's a song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. How many of y'all have ever heard of it? Did you ever find it, Tina? Put it up here before we go to that. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Look, no turning back. No turning back. The world, here it is. This is when we got saved. You say, Brother George, I can't surrender today. If you didn't do this at the time of salvation, you didn't get saved. Because at salvation, you surrendered it all and could not walk another step without Jesus. You had to make it in this world. When you did that, you was kissing this world goodbye. Yes. And the things in it that you were trusting in the plows of life more than Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided, though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide to follow Jesus? No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Now listen guys, don't come to this altar this morning and make a commitment to Jesus and go back and get behind that plow. That could be the plows of our attitudes. Amen. The plows that give us them attitudes. Maybe we have no faith. We're using plows of no faith. Whatever it is, don't turn back this morning. Make a decision to follow Jesus. Amen. Come as we begin to sing this morning. Right where you're at. Are you tired of being behind the plow? You tired of the same old sight? You say, Brother George, I should be experiencing more than Jesus than what I am. I've been going to church four years and I've had maybe one or two encounters that I can really... Listen, there's something wrong. If your salvation is the last encounter, you see, something's wrong.